Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 47 of the Hail Ming Power Hour. We're closing in on that 50 mark. And uh, it's going to be another fun, fun show. I can't wait to talk about this one because, again, if you folks have been listening to any of all, you know I'm a big Phantasm fan. So we get to cover Phantasm 2, and I can't think of anybody better to talk about it than my own tall man himself, Mr. Danny Bennett. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm more vertically challenged than that. But uh, the tall man is a spectral force that is unstoppable and is alien and is frightening. And all those things are just like me. <laughs> just like just it. Like right? it. But yeah, the great thing about this one is the fact of it is eighties. I mean, you can feel the eighties in it. You can smell the eighties in it. <laughs> and, uh, but this is a, the first and only real big budgeted version of a phantasm movie that we ever got. So even with some of its flaws and stuff, there's some fantastic stuff in this. And it does have that, that great eighties feel to it. All right. So again, for the new segment that we're supposed to do, be, be <laughs> we're supposed to be doing here for uh, what did you watch? So here's our intro for what did you watch? What did you watch? Did you watch stuff? What did And if I heard correctly that uh, Ralph Mouth Records has, have decided that, you know, if people are interested that uh, they would actually release that on a CD nice. or MP3 or whatever. So, you know, who knows? We, we may get some some moolah from, from that coming in if we don't get sued first. Well, <laughs> and I, I did hear that Ralph Mouth Records also just recently signed uh, Tan Danzig. So there's no telling what's going to come out of that one. <laughs> Tan Danzig. <laughs> And Tommy Lee Wallace on drums. <laughs> that guy's never coming on the show. Uh, yeah. All right, man. So what did you watch this oh, week? Oh, you know, I'm, I've been pretty pretty laid back. Not a whole lot going on. I I didn't watch anything. <laughs> Figures. Oh, uh, I actually did watch something. Man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah yeah. I watched this one movie. It's about this guy and he's got a car and. uh he wears a cowboy hat oh. and he jumps a bridge. Oh. Yeah, I think it's smoking the bandit. I think is what it is. So uh, it's a classic. You ever check it out? I, I might just. I've never heard of that. Smokey and yeah, the bandit. bandit. 
Is there a yeah, is there a raccoon like, in it or? Well, it's it, you got James Caan, so it might as well yeah, be. Yeah, okay. So. Alright. Is that right? So that's it for What Did You Watch? What did you watch? Did you watch stuff? Did I mention I love Phantasm? Just saying. And it goes beyond. <laughs> I mean, the whole Phantasm series goes beyond just a horror movie. It's not a slasher film. It's not really a monster movie. I mean, it is, it is a war of the worlds. You know, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's it much really bigger than, than most of the... Uh, it set its heights high. You know, all yep. these other movies, they're, you know, they're about, oh, you know, this, this unstoppable force is killing these teenagers. I mean, the whole endgame in Phantasm is these outer dimensional beings... Are just taking over the world, and and I said this on, on another show recently, but and there may be people that will argue with me, but I think I think that Phantasm is probably the most consistent series of horror movies or whatever genre you want to put them in. I think they're really really consistent as far as what it's about, how they work. I mean, I I can't think of one of them being a real clunker. Uh, a lot of people don't like part four because of the old footage. I happen to love it because of that. I think by accident that worked out great uh, without giving too much backstory stuff that ends up really killing a lot of series. I think that one kind of works. So with all that set aside, and I, again, I expect some some emails and responses of you're out of your mind, but I don't know. I can't think of one that I just go, meh. It's not like, uh, you know, Halloween six or anything like that, where you just go, yeah, don't even waste your time. I think they all kind of fit together real nicely, and and uh, that doesn't happen very often in series. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, and it's Don Coscarelli. You know, he he had a plan from the beginning, and uh, yeah. he didn't really stray from the plan. He said, you know, here's where it's going to begin, and here's where it's going to end, and uh, he just did it. I, I think other directors, you know, get a lot of. Um, Get a lot of credit for doing the same thing, and for some reason, people don't seem to see the genius that that he has in this. Yep, totally agree. I mean, I, yep. I'll take half of Don Coscarelli for you know four David Lynch's. Ooh, yeah, you'll get some comments on that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'll tell you what, uh, but I know what you mean. Inst- instead I know what you of mean because- instead of sending comments my way, why don't you just go watch Eraserhead? <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> With that being said, we probably need to take a short break, so we'll we'll be right back after this, folks. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Rick Morgan's Bakery. When you want Rick's Rolls...
folks, welcome back. Uh, again, excited about this one because, like I said, I'm a big phantasm nut. Love the tall man. First man that really ever scared me in a horror movie was the tall man. So looking forward to talking about the second version of this. And, of course, you know in order to do that, according to the last episode, if you guys tuned in, you know, it's been a little while since we've done a show. And and the real reason why is because uh, our time chicken was stolen. And uh, we actually got the time chicken back, uh, got some more money raised. Uh, it's kind of the same chicken. He's got some upgrades to him, so I'm excited about that. He can do some some things that we didn't have the luxury to do before, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. But we want we we want to take the time to stop and thank our sponsors for sure. And uh, the first sponsor that I got this week was uh, Jonathan Watkins's uh, Lord of the Fries, where their where their motto is today's soup is whiskey. <laughs> Lord of the Fries. I um, <laughs> you know, it's funny you should mention that the tall man was the first man to scare you because uh, one of the sponsors that I managed to get did a pretty good job of scaring me, and that's Tom Winchester of Tom Winchester's Gun and Pawn. Where his uh, where his motto is, guns don't kill people. I do. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah, yeah. It's not above me to steal a joke. Um, and then sure. I also managed to get a uh, like a, a hardware store has its own uh, work gloves here. They are the hand job work gloves. They're they're uh, the motto that's embrazened in every uh, pair of gloves is better than nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also got another uh, a couple more restaurants here that I picked up uh, you can tell I was hungry when I was looking for sponsors <laughs> but uh, the next one is, is Dwayne Watson's Little Pig Barbecue where their slogan is are you sure you want to eat here <laughs> <laughs> oh. and then uh, last but not least is Gary Hill's Pump and Munch where their slogan is eat here and get gas <laughs> okay that that wasn't as bad as it might be. <laughs> uh, and don't forget folks that when we can't travel in the time machine that we have to use air india that's right air india where their slogan is we treat you like cattle oh Hail me. Oh, you know, there's a cultural element there yes sir yes sir Awesome. So you know what that means? Being we got the sponsors out of the way, we got to go back to 1988 and check out Phantasm 2. So everybody strap yourselves down because we're going to jump into the time machine. Okay, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been in this baby for a while now. Well, here we go. I think it's a little faster. Wow, there must be that new time chicken. Wow. Yeah. Nice job, time chicken. It's not as rough this time. Well, you know, I kind of like it rough. <laughs> Speak for yourself, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, man. Here we are. 1988. This is actually the year I graduated, so you can tell that by my mullet and my mustache. Oh, that is you over there. Hey, Rick. <laughs> No, don't talk to him. I'm sorry, I'm just so used to that. Messes up everything. You don't look all that don't different. Don't do it. I mean, really? Yeah, I know. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So, in order to move forward, 
with his progress. We have to have a synopsis. And he also did the synopsis for the first Phantasm movie. Here is everybody's favorite rodent, Mickey Mouse. Phantasm 2, 1988, rated R. 97 minutes, again, an action, fantasy, and horror film. Mike, now released from a cuckoo hospital, continues his journey to stop the evil tall man from his grim work. A 6.5 out of 10 rating from 9,112 people. (laughs) The same Don is a director. It had two nominations, but no rewards. Did you know... A sequence involving an entire two-story house exploding in flames was filmed using a genuine house. Genuine. Was path with California 105 freeway construction. That singer. The production <laughs> company bought the house for $200 from the state of California under somebody's name. <laughs> Here's a goof right here when the tall man carries Liz out of the pillow room to strap her down on the embalming table. The pillars are seen in the background. Red feet should be visible, hooked around the right one, preventing him from being sucked completely into the alien world. No feet are visible. Well, he, he got real specific. <laughs> well, you know, that that's what you get with that company. They'll get real specific about it, and then they'll go buy it. Oh, so yes, man. Here we go. I'm excited about this. Danny, what is your number one reason to watch Phantasm 2? Man, so overall, the number one reason I've got to watch Phantasm 2 is the Road Warrior feel of it. You know, it's sure. There's a little bit of time when there's actually a society and there's actually people that are living regular lives. But for a lot of the movie, it's just... It, you know, it's scorched earth. There's there's just the wake of the tall man and his ongoing attempt to, you know, take over the world. And I, I just love that. And you don't get that in any other horror movie, really. That's really a good point because, you know, he's he's coming here to take the bodies and make them slaves, but it it kills everything. I mean, it, it kills the, 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 you know, the nature around, all the, you know, everything. Everything is dead. Everything's black, dark, so it's kind of, it is kind of neat, kind of nightmarish, which, again, is what this is all about, but that's a really good point, and you you don't think about that enough, is he just lays waste to everything, not just the people. Yeah, I mean, as he... Life life itself, yeah. As he goes through these towns, he just leaves behind a husk. Yeah, that is cool, and this movie does a good job of portraying that, too. So the big thing about this movie is this is actually a big budget version of Phantasm that wasn't capable of being done before. They had the hit back in the 70s with the first one, and this movie comes 10, 11 years later. And just due to the fact of the horror industry was really starting to crank out a lot of stuff, horror movies were coming out left and right, so there was a chance to you know, bring this movie back and make a new version of it and I think they did a really good job. Now, there's an argument with it because of the casting of a different Michael in the movie. So, you know, the original Michael was the boy in the first one, Michael Baldwin. And uh, so they, when they went to Universal about making this movie, the one request they had was to change the boy. So at the time, I guess it made sense. But in hindsight, you kind of wish that he was the same one all the way through. But, you know, the guy they got, I think, does a pretty decent job. And... 
there was a chance that it was between this guy and Brad Pitt. Really? Can you imagine Brad Pitt being in this movie? Yeah. I, so that's pretty interesting. That, that might have added to its longevity. They might have been able to ride his coattails later, or maybe it would have brought him down early. I'm, I'm not sure which. Um, yeah, it could have went either way. Yeah. But it would definitely would have been one that they would have brought back out and, and, and tried to pump back up after his success. Wait. So, you know, it's kind of I can kind of understand where the, uh, the where the, the film company wanted to change the actor because when you do that, when you when you get a child in a movie and you want it to span throughout decades and follow that same child, you never know what's going to happen with that kid. You know, they, they might be a terrible right. actor as they grow up. They might not look the same. You know, they, they might get into legal problems. You know, so fettering the whole thing to that, that kid might have seemed really risky to anybody trying to bankroll the movie. That's just the way this rolls out. But as far as getting back into this movie and, and what I like about it, my number one reason yeah. is just the upgrade the upgrade in, in a lot of things in this movie, specifically the high-tech Sentinel balls in this one, man. You know, they've got different utensils that pop out. You know, you've got the one has got the little spinning, you know, three-bladed thing that, that comes out and takes the priest ear off. And, you know, they've just got more more weapons involved now. And you get the introduction of the gold ball, which really is my favorite scene in the whole movie is when the gold ball goes in, goes in that, that guy's back, comes up through his body and tries to come out of his mouth and gets locked, you know, because of his lips. Yeah. Man, I, I, I remember watching that. And, of course, you can tell that it's all in, you know, shot in, in reverse, the film, but... Man, that used to blow my mind when I saw that. I thought, man, that, that's just incredible. I mean, they've taken that ball from the first movie that the movie is known for and just made it that much more deadly. And, you know, this thing shoots lasers out of it. I mean, it's it's a it's a bad deal, man. So, yeah, I think the up the uptick in the technology really helps this movie out and, and gives you something a little different. If they'd been the same balls doing the same old thing, how far can you do that? And uh, so, yeah, I think that was a good move is to, to upgrade the weapon. You've got to improve your balls, no doubt. You know, I, and <laughs> every time I'll, I'll go a little bit further and say that a reason to watch this movie is not just the new Sentinel balls. It's also the fact that Tall Man has a whole new crew. I mean, he's got the grave diggers. Yeah. He's got the morticians. He's got the, the new Sentinel balls. He's got all these, you know, workers that all kind of have these specific jobs, they kind of add to this whole feel. You know, he's got a little army or a little strike force, and as they, you know, travel around drinking down corpses and emptying towns, you know, they, they're they kind of his little, his little, you know, strike team or whatever. And I, th- I think that's yep. a neat thing, too. It kind of makes it a little more than just this one phantom man causing all this stuff to happen. Again, throughout the whole movie, everything gets an upgrade. And, and uh, with that being said, also is, you know, I think they did a good job of making the tall man more sinister, more evil in this movie. You get to see a little bit more of his powers of things he can do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they were definitely on the right track. And it's a shame that that didn't get to carry on with this kind of budget for the rest of the movies. But that's a different story. So... Um, yeah, man, just the upgrade of this movie, I think, helps it tremendously. And it really keeps it from being a, a throwback 70s movie into, you know, the 80s genre where everything's kind of over the top, better effects and everything. So, yep, that's my first one, man. The effects, I think the upgrades are great. My next thing, and I know I added on to yours, but that's kind of what a conversation does. I'm just going to say yeah. very specifically in this movie, the house explosion budget. 
Because in the first yeah. 12 minutes, two houses explode. <laughs> yep, that's right. So, you, you know, you've got, I mean, this is serious business here. They're blowing up houses with people in them. Yeah, and, and they do a good job of selling it, too. I mean, because, you know, you, of course, the first one is, you know, because it's the continuation from the first movie, which is another thing I like about it. The fact of it picks right up where the first one left off. Which is the same reason I always liked Halloween yes. too. I like the fact that they just said, let's just keep it going from the end of where, they, where we stopped instead of making some bogus thing of 11 years ago, this happened and yeah. all this stuff. And I love, and, the, uh, I love the fact that it starts right at the end of the first one and it also kind of yep. doesn't because, you know, it's, it's kind of a, right. it's, it's a new character getting the story of the end of the first and introducing her at the same time. So... I love right. the fact that it starts you right off where the other one ends, like, you know, minute to minute. But also, yep. you know, it needed to move forward, but it didn't bother to, like, jump you forward right away. It gave a, a, there was a neat mechanism that they used to both introduce a new character, introduce a new power of that character, and that she, you know, can dream along with Michael. And also, yep. to, to make that a way to just start this movie off where the other one left off. Because, you know, he had the footage yep. from the old movie. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think this is all new footage. You know, they did a good job of matching it up because there's scenes that are not from the first movie that look like the first movie. So, poor Richie's downstairs playing the guitar and he hears the noise and he gets up and runs upstairs. All that's new. You know, dragging Michael through. And I mean, all that stuff is new footage. Well, 88 new footage. So, they did a really good job of matching some things up that really could have hurt it. You know, but I... I I don't know. Again, I just think it was really, really smart of how they how they put that stuff together. Well, I'm surprised because I know that they had film, they had footage filmed for yep. the fourth movie that uh, that they filmed at the time of making the first movie. So I figured a lot of this yep. was also stuff they had. No, I, I, they actually shot this stuff and and just you know combined it together. So I don't even know if they went back to the same fireplace and stuff, but it looks like the same scene. So they did a nice job of matching that up. And again, you can probably do that when you have that kind of budget. My next, my next reason is a reason that you have to stop and watch. But the battle with the priest, when the tall man confronts the priest, and he makes his rosary wrap around his neck, and it picks him up and holds him up in the air. Yeah, is just awesome. It's just awesome. Well, and and, and uh, that priest, you know, you got what his name is Kenneth Tagar. Like as soon as I saw him, I was like, I've seen that guy in yeah. at least ten yeah. things. And I looked him up, and, and of course where I saw him last was the Avengers. He's the guy that, yeah. that, that steps up to Loki, you know, when, when they're, you know, there, and he says, there are always men like you. It's the same guy, but I mean, this this guy's been everywhere, and he does a great job yeah. in this as, as the uh, as the priest who's trying to shut down the tall man because he, he senses the evil there. <laughs> and he, there's a lot of really cool scenes, but during this battle scene, you get a classic tall man line, which is... You think that when you die, you go to heaven, you come to us. Uh, that's just classic. I mean, that's one of those lines that, that Angus would go around and quote a lot. And uh, it just stands out. And the fact that, that it picks up the priest up to the same head level <laughs> that the tall man is, is just, I don't know, man. That scene is so well done. It's fun. Yeah, it, well, it is good. I, I love the rosary element of it, too. You know, kind of hoist by his own petard there. My next reason for someone else 
to check out this movie, you know, because I'm giving you reasons why I enjoyed it. But let me say another reason. It may be the uh, the first survival horror, you know, that became such hmm. a huge trend, you know, the survival horror where the, I don't know, the characters weren't just victims. You had stuff where, where characters took up arms against stuff like Predator or like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, where she sets up the obstacles and the traps for Freddy. Well, this is a this is a whole other level. You know, they 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 do the um, they do the old hardware store thing, and they you know splice yeah. together big weapons to take on the road, and and they're really taking the fight to the tall man, even though they know they're right. kind of outgunned. So it's it's not just a slasher film, and it's not just a monster film. It's survival horror, and it's really early to be taking that on. It became really popular later. So I, I think you know if if uh, you're interested in that genre now. Go back and take a look at this, and you might see the, you know, almost the origin of it. Right. Well, and I think just a year or so before this is where you get Evil Dead 2. So you get the, you know, fixing the chainsaw, fixing the double barrel shotgun. So this might have borrowed a, a tad from that. It, it does, That's just my thought. I think they tr- try to, you know, incorporate some of that. Yeah. But at the same time... You think about the first movie where, you know, he creates the the hammer and the, the shotgun shell thing to bust through the door. So there's always been this creative element in the Phantasm stuff anyway. So it works great. I think you're right because now it becomes kind of the standard of, you know, this uh, certain group of people that are always fighting these certain demons or whatever, you know. So it's that the hero that you end up taking the trip with and, and Reggie and, and Michael are, you know, Probably some of the first. But yeah, yeah. It, it's. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of other examples, but I, he may be totally right. There. Well, and when I was watching it, I was. I was thinking, you know, that that now this is done all the time. Now, why isn't the you know the main victim? Why isn't it some kind of warrior who takes the the fight to you know like Ripley taking on the aliens? You know, there you go. It isn't yep. just a victim like backed into a corner and fighting back. It's you know what can I do to prepare for this war? And so it makes it, like I said, yep. more in this survival horror. It's not so much about being stalked by a killer. It's more about, well, if this is what life is going to be like, then I'm going to turn myself into the kind of person that survives. And with that being said about fighting, <laughs> my next reason is actually when when Reggie is fighting the, the dwarf in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and now these things actually have like functioning faces and stuff. So again, yeah. even the dwarves get get a get a get an upgrade. And uh it's just fun, man. Anytime that they're <laughs> that they're body slamming these dwarves and all this stuff, it's just it's just fun, well, man. And, and you talk Bridge is just the best at it. <laughs> you talk about your Evil Dead Two connection, you know the the whole yep. uh, physical comedy of, of slamming this this little dwarf mannequin <laughs> around, you know, and pretending it's attacking you. Um, I, I thought of Evil Dead Two a lot actually while I was watching yeah. this. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of parallels, and they're all really good. So. It, it yep. wasn't bad at all. It was just, hey, you know, it's like Evil Dead 2. Pick the same movie. Reeb did it with a little more budget. You know, it's, it's, uh, and I'm never going to badmouth Evil Dead 2. No, no, never. And then after this scene where Reggie's fighting the doors, then he runs upstairs. So another reason <laughs> to watch this movie is when Reggie and Michael jump out of the window and Reggie makes a Tarzan sound. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And that's a Tarzan yell. I don't know how else you describe it. No, no, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I missed it somehow. My next reason, and and I'm, I'm I've been doing this. I did it with Buckaroo Banzai. I'm going to do it again. The camera follows the eye. You know, from from the first establishment scene of the tall man as you walk around the uh, hearse and you follow his toes up to the coffin and it's yep it's it's all very you know it brings you in and so i i looked up the director of photography because i was like man this guy's it almost seemed it almost reminded me of barry sonnenfeld or you know right and uh and the guy's name is uh darren okada and he did the camera work for cradle to the grave and i was like Hmm. Man, did this guy do all the Phantasm movies, or at least you know this from here on? And no, this is the only Phantasm movie that they no got one. this guy for. <laughs> yeah. The, the camera work in well, it, though, again, from beginning to end, though, is really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. And again, it's it's being able to use that kind of budget to put these things together. Yeah, it's possible that he uh, again, he had too I, high a paycheck, you know, for you know other ones. I don't know. Yeah. This is this is such a solid sequel. And uh, you know, I, I can't say that enough. Uh, I, there's no way you can be disappointed. This one, if you're not a fan, doesn't fan, then maybe. But I don't know. It, it's it's just well done. So okay, my next one. You kind of talked about it a while ago, but the makeshift weapons, man. The four barrel shotgun. You know, where else are you going to see that, man? And it's a pointless weapon, I guess you'd say. But I don't know. It comes in handy from time to time. But as far as a everyday useful weapon it's kind of not yeah it's good. you're not gonna i mean because they all fire at the same time right you're not gonna be able to just like conserve your I ammunition I, I, I don't know if he can do them individually or what it, it never you know you never see the schematics of how it actually works you just know that it can shoot four bullets at the same time or four shotgun shell well, and then you get your your homemade flamethrower which if he just had a dixie flamethrower problem solved yeah that's right you know you but I'm not sure that somebody with with pants that high waisted can use the Dixie flamethrower. Because man, that whole scene is like, here's my flamethrower, and here are my high waisted pants. Boom. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, what you got next? Commando shopping. We'll just segue straight into it's, it. Yeah, same, same. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. If you, you remember Commando? Well, if you just take away the fact that he pushes a button and there's like an armory back there, and instead you just say, "We got two guys, got an ice cream man and a teenager, who know what it what it takes to to build yourself a uh, a do-it-yourself flamethrower and a and a shotgun that's uh, able to hopefully take down the tall man," then you got a great scene because they're just like running through the the hardware store and they take what they need. And here's what I love: at the end, Reggie mm-hmm. opens up the uh, the cash register. And he reaches over, and he drops a wad of cash in it. Right. It's like paid for it. They paid for it. You know, like <laughs> you're you're on the road. You know, these 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 towns are going down. People, you know, are getting murdered by some kind of spectral force, and 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 you stop to pay for what you took. And it's class right yep. there. I think so too. It, that always stands out in my mind because when they're shopping, it reminds me kind of the original Dawn of the Dead. You know, because they've got access to this whole mall they're running through just taking whatever they want same deal here but they're you know it's more of a survival type thing but paying for it at the end i think is just a just a cool little thing because it means absolutely nothing yeah you know and uh i don't know it's, it's just kind of a funny little thing so uh the next thing for me man we're starting to get into some more of the effects but when they when they go in that first place and they go down there and the girls in the corner with the the robe over 
her mouth is closed or they taped up or whatever. Then you get the uh, the thing where the tall man's head kind of pops up out of her back, you know, like her spine morphs into a face of of the tall man. This became kind of a common practice. I remember when seeing this, though, it was kind of a big deal. And uh, it's just like him leaving a calling card for them to keep chasing or whatever. But very reminiscent of the things that happened in the, the Demons movie and also kind of a little Freddy Krueger-ish kind of thing. But, uh, you know, that's one of those things you don't forget about this movie. When you see that, you go, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I agree. You just you just went there. <laughs> and I, I took note of that as well, that, you know, the hunchback apparition, I think he refers to it like, the yeah, and, and that head comes out of the back of the girl that he's seen in his dreams and it's just another way to it's a way to say hey i know you're coming after me and i don't care you know let me let me needle that home a little further that i i could care less if you find me because you're not going to beat me anyway again why i love the tall man because he's so far ahead of what you're doing that that's exactly his attitude yeah i don't care you can't stop me you know, no matter when, even when you think you do, you can't stop me. And uh, that just makes him terrifying to me because it, not only does he have these capabilities, but he's smart about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, just the nail on the head there. I don't care. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah bring yeah. it on. What are you going to do? You know? Right. Um, yep. My next reason is from that same sequence, the huge empty graveyard. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they show up at this yeah. town and on the far end of town. There's just, you know, there's all these exhumed graves from the graveyard because that's what the tall man does. He goes in and he establishes, I guess, the only mortuary in town and then just steals all the bodies. And then once all the bodies are gone or all the people have moved on, and then he moves on too. And the big, huge, empty graveyard is just such a, I don't know, it's almost like a Tim Burton kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's surreal looking. Yeah, I just, you know, the images. This movie is full of those images that just stay with you. Like when they're walking up to the place and it's just the empty graves and they're just walking in these little thin areas where there is not a grave, you know, where, where it's been dug down. And I don't know, that stuff just really stands out, man. It looks great. Yeah, and like I said, it almost looks like a matte painting or whatever, but it doesn't matter because yeah. it could be a matte painting and it wouldn't hurt the feel they're going for because it's just a, yeah. it's, it's a creepy... It's it's almost scarier than if it was just a regular graveyard because you know that all those yeah. bodies are gone and you know what happened to them. My next one, man, <laughs> is when I, again we talked about our, our love for the priest in this one, but when the priest is stabbing the grandpa in the funeral home. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so great because you feel the you feel this this horrific thing going on and you're like he's pulling out a knife. You're like, what the heck is he doing? And then when he just <laughs> and then the grandma sees him and passes oh, man. out. It's like I just love that scene, man. <laughs> well, and you know, then you double down on on how terrible the the tall man is right after that when he animates the the, the grandpa later, and and the grandpa goes and terrifies the grandma again. Oh yeah, man, the grandpa ghoul, ghoul, the grandpa ghoul. I can't even hardly say it. The grandpa ghoul in this one is is awesome i mean it's it's scary man and he's got like the stitches where his mouth has been sewn shut i mean yeah. it, again when and when you send him directly to his you know his widow that's just cold yeah she's in the bed rolls over and he's laying there 
and then you get the scene where because earlier the girl runs into the the tall man at, at the the ceremony for her grandfather and he does the the jump scare that's in the first movie where he grabs her on the shoulder and she turns around and she's got a like a lapel pin and she stabs him with it and it goes through his finger but when she goes back to her grandmother's house where this has just happened is the next day and that pin is stuck into a tabletop with a little bit of the tall man blood around it and it's like yep I've been here she's gone you know where she's at you know and he does the telekinesis thing of you know if you're wanting her you come here tonight or whatever right and uh you know, he's he's way more sinister in this one than before. And it's that thing where you have to keep building them and giving them more dialogue. Because, you know, the first movie he just said, boy. You know, you play a good game, boy. And that's about it. But here he's, like, actually saying, I've got him. Well, come here. It's a, you know, in a, cat and mouse chase. And as his, his uh, and it has, as the devastation that he wreaks on these towns continues, it's like his power extends. You know, he's, he's able to talk directly in your mind now he's able to do all this he's got these new minions he's he's got all this new stuff because he's not just in one town anymore he's he's on the move he's definitely a, a more formidable enemy in this one which get i was gonna i'm gonna say that um I mean, i've got father myers here and i've got the, the mausoleum scene that's identical to the mausoleum yep. scene in the first one where you know they're going through the yep. large marble mausoleum and the, and the little you know the little yep creepy sounds happen down in the end of the hallway that is I don't know that's that's good stuff especially if you're a fan of the first one it just you know because it just brings you right yep. back to it and uh, yep. and it's it's so perfect because it just points out that it's happening again how about the fact of when in, you know in the first movie you know it's it's Jody it's in the hallway and and one of the little minions come up and attacks him but in this one it's it's girl's grandma yeah you know and she comes in and she whacks her in the head with that vase. <laughs> she, she just goes flying across the floor. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> That's just fun, man. I, I love the way that they did that because they really delivered on the stuff that made the first one so great and added a little bit to it to just make it a little bit different and a little more hokey in ways. You know, so they made some things scarier, more, more sinister, and some things they lightened up a little bit. So it's just a good balance, man. I, I love the fact my next reason is uh, the fact that they get in that abandoned house and, and they booby trap the house and that one contraption that they made it's like half a beer can and a hand grenade is <laughs> 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 like yeah I don't know that you know putting that in the house that you're going to be staying in probably not a good uh, idea <laughs> maybe not maybe maybe it's just genius but it just cracks me up because it's such a homemade thing. But the fact that it's a hand grenade, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two reasons here that I'm going to just talk about together, and one of them is is alchemy, Kemi, the uh, the, yep. the 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 uh, drifter that they pick up on the road, and uh, you know she's a hoot. She's a lot of fun while she's yep. in this. And yep. and then I've got the, the the meeting when they go to pee. <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah. go to talk about whether or not to keep her and what. I forget. Is it Michael that goes out to be first, or is it Reggie? Well, it, it, they both get out there, and he's like, uh, you know, this, this, I saw this girl in a dream. It's, it's not a good idea. I don't think we should be picking her up. I, you know, I saw her dead, you know, when we were back at that, that building and stuff, and Reggie makes the comment of, you know, life on the road is hard, or it gets hard. Or. Right. 
Uh, they're just sitting there side by side peeing and, and making plans as to whether or not to take it. It's hilarious. The, the humor in this this movie is on point. You know, it's just yeah. Despite all the yeah. the, the horrors but, that they're going through, you, you really like these two guys because yeah, they're they're just silly. Well, this is where they realized that they had something in Reggie as far as being that type of character, almost an Ash-like character, where he's the most unlikely hero. Again, one of the reasons I love Phantasm is Reggie Bannister, without a doubt. And, you know, he's the one that you're rooting for the whole time. And and he delivers, man. He's funny. He's a funny guy. And the lines are kind of tongue-in-cheek at times, but it's Reggie, man. You know, it's just cool. These two guys, you, you follow them along this trail. You... You like them. You want them to succeed. You watch them do some superhero kind of kind of preparations. It it works because those guys work. So next thing I got, since we're talking about Reggie, is <laughs> I love the battle between Reggie and, and the goon that's down there, one of the grave diggers, where they're fighting with the weapons and stuff. Then Reggie pulls out the chainsaw and says, "Come on, you mother!" And dude pulls out like a you know Texas Chainsaw Part Two style. <laughs> you know super extra long you know so it's just like it's just yeah it's weird that they can throw the comedy into these kind of situations that in most cases wouldn't work but because it's Reggie it just does and it's a cool battle too man it goes on for a bit it is reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw 2 as far as I'm concerned but uh again I think it's fun but I, I love the battle and again it's Reggie yeah yeah well I mean you like the guys that's the point um it it might be reminiscent of Chainsaw 2, but I think the whole thing is these two guys are taking the fight to them. And I guess I've said that a hundred yeah. times, but that's what makes this stand apart. You know, it isn't it isn't teenagers yeah. waiting around to die in their nightmares. It's, which I got to give them credit. They actually have a physical enemy, you know, in, in the Freddy Krueger stuff, they don't. And so they, they have to wait around. But in this, it's kind of, right. let's take this in hand and let's travel to the next town and let's find this guy and stop him. And that's what makes you like them is because they're not victims. You keep bringing up these things that I've just kind of looked over. It's like, man, that's right, because they're going after him. That, that That's a totally different scenario than what you get in most of these other things. So It not only makes this movie stand out from the other ones. I mean, although they are kind of pursuing the tall man in the other ones, it gets more and more dreamy as, yep. as it goes. Like, as the world becomes more the tall man's domain and less mankind's domain... The movies become a lot more abstract, and it's harder to enjoy it. Like this second one, where they really kind of have like a like a galvanizing uh, mission, and they're going after the the tall man, you know, from town to town. And it's it's fun to take yeah. that ride. And I think the proof is in the fact that there are so many movies like that now. You're you're exactly right. So this is a little ahead of its time, man. It's a shame that they didn't try to carry this on, like I said, with the with the bigger budget. There's no telling what Coscarelli could have pulled out. So that's uh, why I really why, but that's still, why I like three because three's just three's like yeah. this movie plus the Eliminators. <laughs> True, it really is. Oh wow, we're getting deep now. Yeah, deep, <laughs> deep into something. Uh, deep into something, exactly. Tell me. <laughs> So, uh, I'll, if, if, if you got any more, you got anything else? Because um, I've got like a, a list of things that are all tied into basically the ending of the movie that I want to spout out about. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of will too. Because we talked about the goon that, you know, gets the gold ball in his back. And at the beginning, he gets one that's stuck in his hand. And to tell you how bad the gold ball is, he cuts his own hand off with an axe to get away from the gold ball. That's how bad this thing is. 
So you find out that there's these ball key passes that get you in and out to where the, the actual gateway is to the other planet. So they have to take one of the balls and get it into this, this little key pass to be able to operate it. So they, they, catch, they get the one that's got the guy's hand on it. As long as it's embedded in flesh, it won't try to hurt you. So they take it and they, they stick it in the, the door pass that opens up. And that gets you to the whole ending of this movie where all the craziness happens. Right. The best thing about it, though, is when they first step in there and they're looking around. <laughs> and then Reggie turns around and the tall man's standing there. And he just backhands him. <laughs> and the sound it makes is like... Yeah. <laughs> but it's the most awkward looking slap ever. I mean, it's like... You might want to take two or three shots at, <laughs> at reshooting that or something, but it cracks me up every time I see it because it, <laughs> it is so funny of a slap that he does to Reggie and it knocks him all the way across the room. I just love that. <laughs> I do I do have two things to talk about before the ending here, and but I, I wanted to say that I agree with you because I've got this I've got this written down on my notes right here. Let's torch this place and get out of here. Dot 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 smack. <laughs> exactly because it's such a you're right it's such a weird smack um yeah. the two things i want to mention one is using the flamethrower to start the, the fireplace in the little abandoned house yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a reason to watch it right there mike has his he made he made a flamethrower and he hasn't really gotten to use it enough i guess because he he starts the gas log with it that's nice um and the other thing is is uh, well i think i have a sound clip of uh of the tele- yep. telepathic communication between Liz, our new character, <laughs> and Michael, and uh, maybe something that it reminded me of. Yeah, that's right, folks. In this movie, you get some telepathy. Don't know why. I think it was just a big, a big thing in the '80s because you even had some in Part Seven of Friday the Thirteenth. So, but yeah, here we go. I love you. Your lips aren't moving. We're dreaming. Wow. This is great! I'm with you, Dale. Just concentrate hard and think to me. It's telepathy. Over. Over. Can this be real? Uh, I saw you executed. I was saved. I'm still alive. Over. Oh, thank God. Where are you? In a rocket, racing to Arborea to get help. Are you okay? Over. Unlock your mini bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So I always claim that movies rip off so much from Phantasm, but now I'm convinced that Phantasm ripped off Flash Gordon. Well. You heard it here first, folks. That's, maybe that was something <laughs> that the uh, that the film studio insisted, like like the new Michael. They were like, there's got to be a scene with telepathy, like in that Flash Gordon movie. <laughs> so getting back yes, towards, yes. towards the end of to, it, when, toward the, the, when Reggie gets, the Grand Slam well, ending. Yeah, when, when uh, Reggie gets slapped and then... Michael takes the the ball that's in the in the key slot and he pulls it out and says, "Suck on this," <laughs> which I don't know why, but that's what he says. And he releases the ball and it hits the tall man in the head and it like starts drilling a hole in his head and he's spitting out the blood just like in the first movie. And you're thinking, okay, that's gonna be the end of him. And then he takes it and, and just crushes, crushes his it. hand like it's nothing. I was like, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't think that one of those balls is gonna be able to take down the tall man. There's definitely a a hierarchy there. You got like the gas mask, grave diggers. Then you got maybe the morticians. Then you got the ball. Then then you got like the the dwarf minions. And then you got the ball sentinels. And then you got the tall man. You throw a ball sentinel at the tall man. It's not gonna. It's it's not gonna measure yeah. up, man. No way. 
And again, it's it's him letting these things happen to let you think, oh, we got him now. Nope, don't think so. And then when he pulls that thing out and then he grabs Michael and then that pincher comes out of his hand. <laughs> That's kind of where I go. Matt could have done something different there because, you know, obviously it's it's all prosthetic, you know, <laughs> special effects and not necessarily the best. But uh, it's OK. I think I think what makes it work, though, is the fact of we're in dream state no matter what. So anything is possible in these movies. But this one really took it to another level. I mean, the first movie got his finger cut off and it turned to a big fly. Sure, I guess a pincher can come out of his forehead. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, you know, it's, it's better than them shooting him and him spitting bullets out. Is that... Because that's like whatever... <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's better than that. Hey, if, if Weird Al can do it, I guess the tall man can too. Well, so, there you Weird go. Weird Al just caught a bullet in his teeth. That That's different. <laughs> that's like some... Uh, that, that's some Last Dragon stuff. Uh, not, not like a like pinhead getting <laughs> shot full of bullets and then oh, spitting yeah. the bullets out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. You know, that's that's lame to the nth degree. And I, yeah. and I don't mind Hellraiser 3, but but that part's pretty lame. Oh. Well, I was just on the podcast Under the Stairs for their retrospect, and luckily I got part four. Part? Because I was worried I was, I was going to get anything. As long as I did one, two, or four, I was good. <laughs> Because three, I just hate. I, I know, I know, and <laughs> and I don't blame you. I mean, I, I of the series, who is my favorite? So, it, I think most people that, that's that's Duncan's favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like the first. You know. Uh, uh, anyways, like, yeah, we're getting yeah. off way off subject. <laughs> no problem. Let's just say if if you know if Pinhead went up against the, the tall man, no contest. Tall man whipping. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he doesn't even. <laughs> Pleasure and pain don't make a difference to Tall Man. Tall Man don't care. Yeah. He, he just lets you think. Speaking of which, he just lets you think that you killed him because that's what happens there next is because the whole embalming scene where they run the big the big uh, needles into his back and start pumping him full of this. Actually, they put what acid in it, right? Yeah, yeah. He fills it with hydrochloric acid to uh, sabotage the next time they're trying to reanimate a, uh, a corpse. And so, you, right. you know, just like in in your good murder mystery play, if you introduce a gun in in one of the early scenes, then definitely by the fourth act, you've got yep. you know you, you've got this thing because they keep going by it. You know he's gonna he's gonna reanimate Liz or whatever, and so he goes to stab her with the thing, and he thinks it's reanimation fluid, but it's acid. So it's kind of like the whole he, she's tied to the the timber and the yep. log, log mill, you know. But every time they show that thing, you're like. Oh, somebody's gonna get stabbed with that thing full of acid. Oh yeah. So and you know and and pretty good effect. I mean uh, the the melting scene I think is pretty decent yeah. in in the most part. Uh, the the eyeballs blowing out I kind of went yeah you know, but the rest of it I think looks pretty darn decent. And then they you get the whole ending where they're running out and they get in the car and they're trying to escape and they're in the back of the hearse and, and I think you know they're riding away and then you get the the whole alchemy playing with her hair talking to Reggie and then she just pulls that clump off the side of her head and you're like thinking oh no oh no I mean as if oh no as if she wasn't bad enough already when they were making love she was uh <laughs> I think she might have been more than he could handle then before she is that what they were doing I don't I, I think <laughs> his pants were still there? on like I'm kind of like Andy Blockley <laughs> on that other scene like what was going on there exactly right. 
Yeah, we broke some laws of physics. Do I really want to know? And the answer is no. No. Not really. No. No. But yeah, so she pulls the clump of hair off, so then you know right then she's not who she looks like she is. She's actually the tall man, which, you know, he's a shapeshifter. He can do that. Then you get the scene where Reggie's outside, and he's like all bloodied up or whatever, and he's like, at the back window. Yeah. And, uh... Then you get uh, Michael and, and, and Liz in, in the back of the car, and she's like, "Oh, it's it's all a dream. It, it's 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 not real, you know, or it's just a dream." And then the tall man's face pops up and he goes, "No, it's not." And then just like in the first movie at the ending, <laughs> some dwarf hands come through and grab them too and pull them through the glass, and that's the end. Yeah, that's the end, and it's kind of a uh, Twilight Zone the movie kind of end, you know. You right. want to see something right. really scary? You know, it's yeah. I, I love and I love movies that end on the road like that, like uh, what Private Eyes, right? <laughs> With the Wookalar in the back seat, but the Wookalar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's what about uh, Big Big Trouble in Little China? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's um yeah, it's a trope, but it's a fun trope. What about uh, Leprechaun Six? Leprechaun Six, Leprechaun in the Hood in Space, <laughs> with the I I don't know Leprechaun Six. Yeah, I don't either. I just threw that in there. Dude, that's what we should do. Instead of doing the Hellraiser thing, we should do the Leprechaun (laughs) series. Oh, man. Who's going to draw the first one and the second one and the third one? Because they're the ones that get the worst. Oh, and the fourth one. Yeah. There is no good one. And the fifth and the sixth. Oh, there you go, Duncan. There's your there's your next one. If you don't do it, we a will. Blind, the a blind pig can find a worm, but apparently nobody can make a good leprechaun movie. <laughs> so yeah, man. I, again, I love this movie. I, I, it's definitely worth the time. And uh, so that's going to give us right into rating time. time We're going into time. rating time because we've babbled on about this one long enough. Again, I absolutely love this movie. I'm going to give it 88 gold balls. 88 gold balls, too. Man, I yeah, I don't know how many balls I can give uh, at this point. So I'm just going to have to say that I give this movie uh, four sketchbooks made by Liz with some pretty photorealistic little doodlings about characters you haven't seen yeah. yet. Yeah. That was a pretty Man, cool part. She was, she, yeah, she should have just been an artist for a living or oh, something. You know, those some pretty outstanding. If drawings. the doll man wasn't murdering her whole family, then she might have a chance to do that. But instead, she's got to be like the dream lover of Michael, who isn't even really Michael. Uh. <laughs> All right, and as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of Phantasm Two? Hell, Cinema Psyops. All right, what? I, oh, oh, there no. you have it. Hawkmen. Did they? They're, I think that the, I think the Psyops boys have messed with our. Yeah, Hawk, I shouldn't have messed with their stuff, I guess. Hawkmen are notoriously <laughs> foul-mouthed. They probably just decided to... Uh, yeah. Let's see, what else? Cinema Psyops? Far superior to that gormless hail ming drivel. Oh boy, they're gonna pay for these. Impetuous hail ming power! Oh well, who wants to listen to your ramblings? <laughs> Cinema Psyops is live! <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it was live? Live. That's live. Yeah, that's live. <laughs> Why even record your voice unless it's to say filthy things? Hell Ming is a waste of time. All right. Well, as soon as you think the battle is over, just like Reggie and, and Michael, we're going to have to go after them, I guess. Man, 
just when you think they're trying to play nice. Did, uh, I don't know if you heard or not, but you know they they claimed that they had real high ratings on their last episode. Yeah, but they actually stole them from us. They stole the download numbers. Well, you know, you, you do what you got to do to make that nut. Helming. All right, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to draw that to an end with those guys pretty soon, man. We got to figure out how to how to wrap that up. They they're gonna have to they got to back off because if not, just I'm gonna have to like destroy the world. They don't want that well, to happen. If, if they're not careful, then they'll end up like those poor morticians that work for the tall man. So I don't think any Absolutely. of those guys made it out. And and, and yeah. they died so, in really horrible ways. Well, we could actually go back in time and keep them from ever even being born. So, you know, they got to watch who they're messing with. I've never done that before. That seems, we that can. seems kind of terrible. I'm just saying. It is terrible, but sometimes, you know, you, you have to do what you got to do. Why didn't they send the Terminator back to kill Sarah Connor as a baby? Mm, good question. Because it's easy to kill a baby, yeah. I imagine. I mean, I've never done it, but... <laughs> well, Rip Torn did it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> throw him in that fiery pit. <laughs> Arr, give me your baby. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks, we'll be right back. The tall man, big and tall, sail to end them all. It's funeral season, and what better way to spend eternity than in a new suit from Tall Man, Big and Tall? We've got every size you could possibly need. Can't afford a new suit? Ask about our layaway plan. That's right, you pay while you lay away. For just pennies a day for eternity, you can look your best with a rented suit from Tall Man Big and Tall. So when you're getting ready for your big day, thank the Tall Man and remember our extended layaway plan. That's the Tall Man Big and Tall. Proud sponsors of the Helming Power Hour. Hi there, folks. This is Jasper Chitty of the Chitty Tricky Bang Bang Gun Shop with a question for you. Are you tired of looking for shotgun shells when you need them the most? Well, of course you are. It's three in the morning. Your house is overrun with cannibal dwarves and monk robes trying to steal the unconscious underage boy you got in the bedroom. All perfectly harmless and easily explainable, I'm sure. And you have to blow up your own home in order to get rid of them. And why? Because you did not have enough ammo. Hey... We have all been there. But now there is no need to fall short because you can double the ammo, double the power, and double the double barrels with the Reginald Quad Loader 12x12 gauge shotgun. That's right, this bad mammer jammer got not just one, not two, not three, but four barrels of righteous justice. No more running out in emergency situations because you got double the ammo in an almost easy loader. With the Reginald Quad Loader shotgun, you can hunt squirrels, deer, elk, zombies, cannibal dwarf, monks, skull bat monsters, even Shoot a tall man right in the balls. You heard me, folks. Shoot the tall man's flying silver balls right out of the air. So don't delay. Get double the power, double the ammo, at double the price at Jasper Chitty's Chitty Tricky Bang Bang Gun Shop today. Are you feeling dwarfed by anxiety? In need of excellent mental care? Are you feeling small or standing tall, man? Come on in and we personally guarantee concerns will die away, leaving you feeling on the ball. You will sleep like the dead. You will be living the dream. Don't take these troubles to an early grave. Enjoy state-of-the-art treatments like inkblot tests. So, uh, what does this look like? Like, 
like an ice cream man coming to save me. Interesting. So you blew up your house, huh? Tell me about that. The Morningside Psychiatric Hospital. Dreaming your way to clear mental health. And now, did you know? With the tall man on the Helming Power Hour. Okay. It's your turn. Hey, tall man. What's wrong? Autopsy doc got your tongue? Hey, don't just stand there like a stiff. Say something. He's just looking at me with that death stare. What's wrong? Rigor mortis set in? Now you won't say anything, but seconds ago, you were coughing. Oh, I could go on for days. Hey, tall man. Can I get you a cold one? You think that when you die, you go to heaven. You come to us. Well, apparently, I'm going to have to do this one myself. Okay. <clears throat> Phantasm 2. First off, what does phantasm mean? Let's see. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. Did you know Brad Pitt auditioned for the role of Mike? Did you know this was the lowest budgeted film Universal produced in the 80s? Although the film's $3 million budget was 10 times larger than that of the original Phantasm and the biggest one in the entire series. Did you know Reggie Bannister had quit acting in the nine years between Phantasm and Phantasm 2 and actually worked for a time at a funeral home assisting to embalm bodies? Did you know one of the headstones in the film bears the name Alex Murphy, a reference to RoboCop? Did you know a sequence involving an entire house exploding in flames was filmed using a genuine house which was in the path of the California 105 freeway construction? The production company bought the house for $500 from the state of California under the condition that they would move it from the site. The original house was one story, but a second story was added to match the house from the first film. A safety officer was sent to supervise the stunt and kept restricting the amount of explosives due to the fact that they were near an airport. When he asked what movie the scene was being filmed for and was told it was Phantasm 2, he responded, This is Phantasm? Blow the hell out of it. And allow them to use as much explosives as they desired. The house was then rigged with primer cord, mortars, black powder bombs, and plenty of gasoline and blown up. The sequence was shot with six cameras and was tightly choreographed with Angus Scrim, Reggie Bannister, and Lori Laughlin doubling as a young Mike requiring to walk or run away from the fireball of the explosion on film, all in one take. It also doubled as Reggie's house when the tall man kills his family by blowing up his home later in the film. Afterwards, the production company kept their word and removed what was left of the house. And since the tall man didn't say anything, you've been listening to Did You Know on the Hell Ming Power Hour. Well, it was cool. I got to do Did You Know by myself. It was a dream come true. No, it's not.
Now he talks. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Take the time. Go visit not only Phantasm 2, but I say you check out all of them. I really like them. Now, that don't mean that you will, but if you like scary dudes, scary midgets, some balls, this might be the movie for you. Yeah, and and if you're a fan (laughs) of survival horror, you might want to go back and you might want to go back and check it out because I'm not going to go on record to say that it's the first, you know, survival horror, but I am going to say that it's definitely among among the first. Also, if you uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of the show, you can check out our Facebook <laughs> Facebook our Facebook our Connery Facebook Facebook yeah, she copper Facebook yeah. You can check out our Facebook pages. Uh, I noticed that we're gaining people like every every day, like two or three people are joining every day. So that's kind of cool to see that growing in our closed group, which is the funnest group for sure. Uh, a lot of special things we do in there. So if you're feeling kind of snappy, go join the Facebook pages, man. And uh, if you love the show, don't love the show, if you got comments, hey, just let us know, man. We're just here to have fun and share some of these movies that people just kind of forget about from time to time. And absolutely. That's all I got. And remember that, <laughs> that we are a member of Legion Podcasts, and you can find us there, as well as any of the other venues that we link or mention, you know, iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, we're still on Google Play, right? So, um, yeah, we're, I mean, we, we just keep we're on a lot of things I don't even know about. I'll just see something that says, oh, you know, your podcast is on here. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that thing even existed. So uh, there's also Podknife, which is something kind of new where people go and leave online reviews of shows and stuff. So we're on there for some crazy reason. So that's cool. So if you're into that, you can go on there and leave us a good rating. That just helps us out. I think it ties into iTunes and all that stuff as well. So uh, also don't forget Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere, folks. We're just like the tall man. We're everywhere. Right. And if you come trying to find us, then you're probably going to find somebody that you like sitting in a corner with a robe on. They're going to take off the robe and it's going to be like a, like a weird dusty roads. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to come out there back and be like, I heard you were looking for the, for the tall man. Get back a dream. <laughs> yes. Dusty roads. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next time around. Adios. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Isn't it about time you hit the road? Just jump in your muscle car and see where the journey takes you. Only the very best of friends can take what the open countryside throws at them and come out on top. What did we learn? Don't talk to strangers. Always trust your ice cream man. I think, more than anything, we discovered without a doubt three things. Water is wet. Women have secrets. And the tall man is out there. And he's just getting stronger. So that's about it. And always remember that actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following Classic Curves by Dittos The Pants for Feel Good Company A gift certificate from Maru Chan Ramen Noodles Rice Aroni 
all guests receive a copy of the El Ning Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.